Hi, I'm Sarah Kornblit, and we're back with another episode of Soul Goals, where we dive into understanding what it means to be a strong and vibrant woman in the modern day that we live in, really through looking at Jewish biblical sources and women who are living examples of the paradigms we aspire to. And last week, we went through Aisha's Chayel, which is, right, the women of valor, the paradigm of what a Jewish woman should be. And we noticed and we saw that there are so many action phrases within Aisha's Chayel. And so even though Some of us may have had that conception that the ideal Jewish woman is more reserved and, you know, has only those kind of softer strengths, softer qualities, um, like the wisdom, the modesty. We saw that there were really a lot of action phrases that this is a woman who's running her household, planting fields sending off ships, doing various tasks. And so as we continue to explore and paint this picture of the this Jewish woman that we aspire to be, recognizing that those strong qualities are very important when it comes to balancing with those softer qualities and that Putting them together is where we'll have that rounded out, balanced woman that we're striving towards. And so I know for me, since starting this, the journey of this podcast, it's been so exciting to be researching. Um, by the way, safaria.org and the app are my new best friends. <laughs> in regard to having such easy access to different Mafarshim. But in all of this exploration, I'm just getting I'm getting more and more excited. And the more people I speak to about this journey of you know looking for what this ideal Jewish woman is, I realize that this is not necessarily something we've learned about. And so, especially now with what we know as adults, we're not in high school, we're not in seminary, we're adults, what is it that we want to be? And so, in the Midrash I spoke about, where each line in Aisha's Chayel is equated with a different woman from Tanakh, I said that today we were going to talk about Yochavet and Miriam, the mother-daughter duo who, in a very big way, contributed to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim happening and bringing Moshe into this world. And it's going to be exciting to kind of walk through that story and have an understanding of who they were and really the magnitude of what they did when they defied Paro and his wishes. So when it comes to Yochavet and Miriam, they are the first female professionals spoken about in Tanakh, right? They are spoken about as, they're called midwives, and their names 
are Shifra and Pua in the Pasuk, but the Mepharshim agree that Shifra and Pua are Yochavet and Miriam. So not only are they professionals, but in fact, according to the Mepharshim, they were the midwives in chief. So they were there were so many Jewish people at that point across Mitzrayim. There's no way that two midwives were sufficient for delivering all the babies that were being born. There were 500 midwives working under them. And so these are women who are in management leadership positions. And so for us in our own lives to see that these women who had such an impact were working outside of their homes, right? And that there's value here for the professions that they had. And what happens in the Pasuk, in, right, in this first parak of Shemos, as the groundwork is being laid for Yetzias Mitzrayim, Paro pulls Shifra and Pua, aka Yochavet and Miriam, into a covert operation to get rid of baby boys who his astrologers have seen that there's going to be this boy who will redeem the Jewish people. And he calls them in and he tells them that basically, I'm looking at the Pasuk, when you deliver the Hebrew women, look at the birth stool. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. And they didn't confirm or deny What this is, is an ethical dilemma that they were faced with as leaders. If they would have said no, absolutely not, we're not going to do that, what would have happened? I guess it could have been seen as like this admirable, zealous kind of expression of not doing the wrong thing. The problem is, is if they would have said that, then Paro could have easily had them killed and moved on to someone else had someone else carry this out. And so they knew that were they to refuse this order, then they would not be preventing this from happening. They would just be, it would be passed on to someone else. And so in facing this really big challenge and this ethical dilemma, they, like I said, they didn't confirm or deny, but they left and they did not carry it out, right? It says the midwives fearing God did not do as the king of Egypt had told them and they let the boys live. There was a lot of risk to them. They risked their lives in defying Paro, who we know from our understanding of the slavery in Egypt, we know that Paro wasn't kind-hearted and would easily kill someone who was defying him. And yet they did so, which is so admirable. And it makes me think about, you know, times that I have faced different challenges and nothing, of course, nothing of this magnitude. But when you're in a work environment, there are dilemmas that come your way and, you know, choices that have to be made. How are you? determining what to do, how to move forward, how to navigate a tricky situation. And then what are the consequences? So let's walk through in this situation, what were the consequences? So 
it says in the in the pasuk the king of egypt summoned the midwives and said to them why have you done this thing letting the boys live right so the boys were not being killed and so what's going on here the midwife said to paro because the hebrew women are not like the egyptian women they are vigorous before the midwife can come to them they've given birth so basically they make an excuse and say what could we do we get there and the babies are born if we kill the babies when they're already born then it's going to be obvious right and they didn't the whole reason that paro called them in secretly was because if it was an obvious known thing then no one would be calling a midwife when they were pregnant or having a baby and so we know that they were not killed and for whatever reason their excuse was accepted and then it says in the Pasuk that God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and increased greatly. And so there was direct positive result of the midwives defying what Paro said and sticking with their beliefs and not wavering that the Jewish people multiplied. Um, and then we see that because they feared God, he established households for them. So Yocheved had Moshe come from her and you know they both were had great dynasties come from them. And so that's a really beautiful, amazing reward, right? Like it's almost like kind of like a fairy tale in a sense. It feels like that made the right decision even though it was hard it was risky and hooray you got a really huge amazing prize in doing this research and in looking through the different mafarsham though i found something that surprised me and that i didn't remember learning and so in the pasuk when it says batim, right he established household for them and we learn that that's like the kahuna and malchus that came from them multiple mafarsham actually say that bias is a word that could be used for house arrest and that there is you know an illusion at the time that Yosef was in jail that the jail was called a bias and so what Paro did because now they were no longer trustworthy especially because his new plan was to throw babies in the water he put them on, under house arrest and only allowed them out just in time to go and deliver the babies. And so there was a direct consequence. And another explanation is that the houses that he made were for the pregnant women. And the pregnant women had to be delivering babies in places where there were Egyptians around, able to realize and then go and get the baby and throw them in the Nile. And so that's different than that kind of fairy tale image that I may have had in my mind, right? And that's part of growing up <laughs> and part of having a maturing view is that you realize that there's a lot more complexity there and that especially because this happened before the Makos, before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, like years before, there wasn't going to just be some rosy ending to this little chapter here. And so what does that mean for us? The fact that they were faced with an, a dilemma, they made the choice that was moral and aligned with their values, 
and they faced consequences. House arrest is a pretty big consequence. And there were also amazing rewards that they got. So it's when we look at that complexity, I think it's important to realize that going into a challenging decision, sometimes there are consequences. And when we think about it in terms of the strength of the, these women, is that they were willing to make that decision and go along with it and stick with it and then face Paro because that's what it means to be strong, stick with your decisions, and also try to do it in a way that's most effective. Like I said, if they would have immediately defied Paro, he would have just killed them and moved on to the next midwives. And so I know that then the story continues and we see, you know, Miriam then, you know, defying her father, leading to Moshe being born, and then Batya getting Moshe from the water. And I want to continue with that next week. But for right now, just to wrap up, when I think about this, and like these are these are role models who resonate for me. Women in the workplace with professions in management, making hard decisions and then dealing with the fallout of those decisions. And so that's what I'm seeing from this as what I would like to aspire to directly through looking at this situation of the midwives encounter with Paro. And so I want to ask you out there listening to this, I really would like to have this be as interactive as possible. And so on the website, posa.co, where the show is, there's a place to send input. You could send a video, you could send a voice recording, you could send a text. And I want to be able to integrate different thoughts and ideas and questions. So if you have a story, for example, or a question or thought that relates to what we're talking about, um, you know, specifically what we just spoke about today, right? That the women in the workplace encountering this ethical dilemma, facing consequences, and also being rewarded. Um, If you have a dilemma you faced that you'd like to share, And also, if you have any thoughts of what you'd like to hear in the future, please reach out. Um, I think that we'll be able to really create the most interesting, engaging, and successful podcast if it's really something that we do collaboratively. And so if you're listening to this when it actually is coming out, then happy Pesach to you, Chag Sameach. And I'm looking forward to next week continuing into the part with Miriam and you know watch, watching Moshe in the water and then exploring Batya and who was she right who was this daughter of Paro and you know how did how does she fit into this story so until we meet again have a great day bye <laughs>